You're listening to nothing but the best of internet marketing talk, and you're listening to the David Conley Show. And here's your host, David Conley. Brothers and sisters of the planet Earth, you're listening to The David Connolly Show, coming at you from dcradionetwork.com. Today's show is all about how to do well at job interviews. Now, I know what you're thinking, well, some of you. This is a show where we usually talk about things like web development. Sometimes we talk about internet marketing, and it's generally focused on web-related stuff. So why on earth... Are we talking about job interviews today? Well, um, you know, since I've been doing this show, I think it's been almost two years now, uh, I've spent a lot of time talking about different strategies for essentially being a professional web developer, you know. And uh, we've talked about all sorts of things, social media, SEO, um, AdWords, you know, just tons and tons of different strategies. But the funny thing is, you know, I've never actually spoken about the strategy that I use, me, you know, as a developer, uh, the strategy that I have used for at least, uh, I would say, about the last three years, you know. Now, the, I'm going to actually discuss it here for the first time, uh, although I do have to stress that this is kind of brushing the surface, you know, there's, there's so much to this strategy and I'm going to be going into detail when I launch the new Insider Club website. So if you've not joined the Insider Club, I would encourage you to do so. It's at dcradionetwork.com. Then you can join up for free, you know. But in the meantime, I'll give you a sneak preview of the vibe. Now, as you folks know, uh, there's a couple of things that I'm constantly bragging about, you know. Perhaps to my detriment. <laughs> and one of them is I like to brag about being kind of fast and I sometimes like to brag about being a high-paid developer, you know. Now, um, I think in comparison to the average guy on Elance or Fiverr.com or any of those kind of average normal web development routes, I think it's safe to say I probably am highly paid, you know. And one of the things that happened a while ago is I actually went over the question, how does someone sell web development services for a very high price? For example, how do you sell a website for, let's say, I don't know, let's say £12,000 while tons of other people are selling websites for $5, you know, on Fiverr.com. How on earth do we, as professional developers, do this, you know? And the next question is, how do we do this without spending a fortune on advertising? In fact, how can we do this on a budget of zero? Wouldn't it be cool if you could actually 
come up with a strategy for becoming a high paid developer, folks, on a budget of zero. Well, if this interests you, then this is the place to be. Um, basically, the strategy, I've, I've used all sorts of things over the years, but the one I'm going to give you right now basically involves lots and lots of job interviews. Now, I'll tell you uh, something about me that you probably don't know. I actually, uh, last year, started to write a book about job interviews, you know. It hasn't seen the light of day yet, and maybe it never will see the light of day. But I have a lot of material on this subject, you know. And uh, the reason why is because... Folks, I am the world's first serial job interviewee. In fact, I'm possibly the only serial job interviewee. You see, this is the vibe, right? We can, we can go onto the search engines and at any given point in time, apart from the last two days, okay, but we can find people hiring web developers, and some of them are paying enormous fees. Last year, we were on, and sorry, last week, and I headed on, and in minutes, I could find job adverts for Codeigniter developers wanted, all paying well over $100,000 per year. Now, folks, those jobs are out there, or at least they were, apart from the last two days, because the whole global economy's collapsed. But apart from the last two days, this is a strange time. Apart from that, those jobs are out there. People are constantly hiring web developers for massive fees, you know? Now, I have to be careful here because I am talking about a real strategy that does get used. And as a matter of fact, I had a telephone job interview just before coming on here. And there's a good chance that that person will be listening to me now talking about how to ace interviews and talking about all this. And I'll probably look quite bad, you know. But you see, there's nothing unethical here. It's really just um, a system for getting jobs, you know. And uh, I believe that it's a system that has the client's best interests at heart. Uh, I believe that it's a win-win situation and I believe it's ethical. And, you know, I'm not only am I saying that this works, folks, this is the strategy that I use. I mean, I may be at the top of Google for things like website repairs and all that. I've been top three for web development. But really and truly, the search engines bring in chicken feed compared to the job interviews. So here's the vibe. Let's imagine, uh, in fact, Perfect example, okay? I, I, before coming on here, um, there was a person, a company, who, who manufacture business software. Manufacture, is that the word? They produce business software. And they're advertising for a PHP guy, uh, blah, 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 blah. Now, the skills list that they want, okay, are skills that most of the people who listen to this show probably already have. So they wanted HTML, they wanted CSS, they wanted PHP, and that was pretty much it, okay? Now, I didn't get as far as finding out what the, the salary was, but let's just for argument's sake 
assumed that the salary was, let's say, 50,000 per year, okay, 50,000 pounds per year. And by the way, folks, there's tons of jobs in that region. That's very normal um, and, you know, perfectly realistic. So here is the vibe. This company manufacture some sort of software that does something for businesses. Now, let's take a guess on what this software does, okay? Who knows, right? But it probably does some sort of staff management, maybe lead handling, maybe they do some sort of invoicing thing or something like that. Maybe they have some sort of graphs and things like that. Here's the thing, folks. These are all things that the average web developer can build quite quickly. And if you've been in this game for a few years, man, you've probably already built that stuff. You've probably already built half of the stuff that these people want. It's ready to go and you can do that, you know? Especially if you're using modules or any type of modular development system. So here's the vibe, right? These companies, let's say the business one, right? They are advertising, let's say, £50,000 per year. It's about $80,000, right? And they are doing so with the expectation that they'll have to wait one year until this super-duper system has been built, you know, this awesome, amazing business system, whatever it may be, okay? Now, if you can get in front of that company and say to them, Hey guys, why are you hiring someone and waiting a year? Why are you paying 50000 a year, paying the cost of holidays, paying the cost of insurance, paying electricity and all that stuff, pay, you know, all sorts of legal obligations, tax obligations, health and safety obligations, etc. Why are you going through all of that pain and misery when if you hire a guy like me, you can have the same thing up and running within just one month. And here's the punchline. I won't be going on sick or going on holiday or going on strike. And when it's finished, I will even give you a two-year guarantee just to make sure that you never have any problems with this. Now, Mr. Employer, you can employ someone for 50000 you can go down that road, but what guarantee do you have at the end of this build process? What guarantee do you have that the person's not going to just hit the road and leave, you know? The answer is, you probably have no guarantee at all, you know? So, weighing everything up, wouldn't it be reasonable, instead of paying 50,000 per year, how about if you just paid, say, 12,000 and you could have the whole site in one month? And here's what we'll do to sweeten it up. I'll make it so that you only have to pay 50% up front. So 6,000 and I shall be out of the starting blocks. And here's, here's the vibe. When this thing is finished, and when it's launched, and only when you are entirely happy, only at that point, you can pay the additional 6000 Only at that point. If for any reason you're not happy, you can keep the 6000 and the website. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to love it. Okay? Now, 
Thank you for listening to my spiel. The point is, folks, if you could, if you could get in front of an employer and say that message, just say that to them in some sort of one-on-one conversation, only an idiot would refuse that, that kind of offer. Of course they would want it. Why would anyone why would anyone want to pay fifty thousand or seventy thousand or a hundred thousand a year hanging about you know holidays, strikes, the tax man and everything? Why would they go through all of that when they can have the same thing in one month for a fraction of the cost? They'll even have a two-year guarantee. Folks, there's a phrase to describe that kind of proposition. The phrase is no-brainer. So anyway, back to the story. Um, I kind of figured this out about three years ago. And I thought, right, if I'm going to be trying to sell sites for a high price and I'm trying to be a high-paid developer, maybe this is something that I could do, you know? Now, I know that this sounds crazy and uh, I spoke about it on the room the other night. I stayed up late with the guy, Will. I don't know if he's around today. And uh, I was talking about this and quite frankly, I, I didn't think anyone would be interested, you know. But people seem to be interested, so I'm happy to talk about it here, you know. Um, but the vibe is, I am a serial job interview guy. I've been to dozens and dozens of job interviews. Had one just before I came on, you know. And I've been to so many of them that now... I, I can honestly say that I have the whole thing down to a science, you know, and I'm happy to share some of the tips and tricks that I've learned right now, you know. Now, I, I do have to stress, folks, you know, there's going to be clients and prospects and all sorts of people listening to this who have been subjected to the system that I'm about to describe. But I want to say to everyone to everyone listening, that there's nothing unethical about this or anything, there's nothing dodgy, and as a matter of fact, in my opinion, it's a privilege to have someone selling to you properly. I know that sounds crazy, but I actually believe it's true. If you're selling web services and you're doing a good job, it should be a pleasurable experience and it should be something that gets the prospect really excited and essentially you're doing them a favor because you're putting them in the spotlight. Can you handle the vibe? All right. So let me give you the system and I'll just vaguely or very quickly outline it. You know, I caught myself on the video there and I have this terrible red spot on the end of my nose and it's just not going away. Maybe it's my lot in life to be the guy with the red nose, you know. Anyway, I'll pretend there ain't no red nose. Let me give you the vibe. So basically, I have some software that I've built. Some software, gee, I'm flattering myself. I have a web application that I've built that essentially records all of the websites where people advertise for high-paid developers, at least the ones in the neighborhood. I don't go for ones in America and stuff like that. And recently, in fact, I, I don't really go for much at all unless something exceptional stands out. But those websites are out there. There are websites where people advertise good prices for web developers, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I have this software that, you know, records this stuff. And the vibe is that 
I have a virtual assistant, you know, and uh, she goes in, I think, five days a week, and she clicks onto these sites, and she looks for jobs, blah, 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 right, and then she applies, If she, you know, she knows what to look for, right, she knows what phrases, and what type of work, and all that kind of stuff, and she applies constantly, in fact, she's probably doing it as we speak, so as we speak right now, there is someone applying for jobs on my behalf. Where are they applying? I don't know. It could be somewhere in London. It could be here in Scotland. I have no idea. But I just let her get on with it and she applies for the jobs, you know. Now, in the when the Insider Club website gets launched, I'm going to be showing you guys exactly what she says, exactly how the approach is made and everything. So I'm going to give you the whole system, you know. But right now I'm just kind of uh, mapping it out and letting you guys know how this works, you know. So basically she responds. Now, let me tell you something, folks. A couple of years ago, I advertised for a web developer. I actually had a, you know, a, an office. In fact, it was, it was a shop. I had an office then. I literally had a shop, you know, like a web development shop. And I remember advertising for a web developer, sorry, a web designer, and there were 800 responses. Folks, I'll say that again. I advertised for a web designer and I had 800 people responded, 800 CVs. It's unbelievable, right? Now, this is, the. I don't know if this is the, to do with the economy or what, but this is the arena that we are playing in. Folks, have you ever been on the receiving end of 800 job applications, I'll tell you what happens, okay? The first 10 of them, you really go through them and you're excited and you read every word and you look at the portfolio and you're completely, you know, up for the whole thing. And then by the time you get past about 10 CVs, your interest starts to go. And by the time 100 have came in, you've practically um, given up, you know? You've practically given up, you lose interest, and it's a very, you know, miserable process. So, I realized quite early on that there's a couple of key ingredients to this job application process. And if you're applying for a job as a web developer, or even if you're thinking about doing this system, or you're doing any sort of, you know, if you're on any crusade to be hired then listen up, because this is some good stuff coming up. Um, a couple of the things that I realized are, one, you have to reply very quickly. If a job has been up there for about a week or two, you can pretty much forget it. You've got to be one of the first people in, okay? And I can talk about that in detail, maybe on some other occasion. The second thing I've noticed, which I'm very, very big on, and I was talking to Will about this uh, just the other night. You need to make yourself unique, okay? Now, this is big and hardly anyone gets this. You need to make yourself unique. Now, by unique, what I mean is when they look at your application, when they check out your life, they have got to be, quite frankly, shocked I mean, shocked into responding, you know? So, for example, 
if someone says, I'll give you examples of the types of uh, responses, all the types of things that you can say, okay? Now, I'm going to fast forward and take you to an interview scenario here, okay? So, um, there's a variety of standard questions that people will ask in an interview situation. And what I'm saying is, is that whether you're, whether you're talking about an application, a CV, or even a one-to-one -one interview, our goal, our initial goal, is to kind of shock the prospect into a reaction because you want to stand out and we are assuming that there's 800 people there. Now, I'll give you a couple of examples, right? Someone says to you, um, do you have, or let me, how about this? What are your web development qualifications? There's a typical normal question that someone may ask, you know? Now, can anyone in the room tell me how they might answer a question like that? Okay, that's cool. So someone has just said, I build solutions. So it's an interview situation and the interviewer has asked the question, what are your qualifications, okay? And uh, I build solutions is kind of good. Reminds me of the, the wolfman from Pulp Fiction. I solve problems, you know? And that's a cool response. My response would be, um, I am the guy who teaches the university lecturers how to do PHP. Now, folks, that's a unique response. Nobody has said that. None of the 800 people have said anything like that. Can I qualify that? Well, I can. Actually, a couple of years ago, a university called and they gave me a couple of bucks and that was, oh, it was no big deal. You know, it was no big deal. It's not like I'm the you know, the Jesus of PHP. In fact, I'm not even the best in the neighborhood. I'm fairly competent, but, you know, I'm not claiming to be brilliant. But in an interview situation, if I can, if I say to someone, well, I'm the guy who the university's phone, boom, immediately you're dealing with a unique response. Now, other uh, questions that someone could ask, oh, gee, I'm trying to think, something like, um, right, here's a good one. At the end of an interview, you'll often get asked things like, do you have any questions or comments, okay? Do you have any questions or comments? Now, normal books on interview techniques and stuff like that will say that if you have any questions or comments, then you should say something like, yes, I've researched your company and I can see that you're interested in oil exploration. How does your company feel about the introduction of blah, 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 okay? That's a standard kind of textbook interview response. Do you have any questions, you know? Um, I would actually say that if someone says, do you have any questions? Again, we're looking for a unique response. An example of a unique response for me would be, actually, I have no questions. You have covered everything brilliantly. Thank you very much. However, I do have a comment to make. And the comment is this. If you guys hire me, then I can virtually guarantee I'll be doing everything and blah, 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 blah. You know, some guarantee I'll be, you know, doing every, bending over backwards or whatever, you know. Um, some promise, you know. Now, that's a unique response. Nobody's expecting that. 
And the other night, I stayed up with Will and I was giving him all of these responses, you know. Um, for example, if someone says, uh, another standard interview question, do you have any, you know, what's your hobbies and interests? And I would say, well, to be honest, um, when I'm not building websites, I'm generally talking about building websites. I have an online radio show and it's at blah, blah, blah dot com and that's my life. You can go and check it out if you want. Folks, that's a unique response, you know. Um, another response. Now, this is going to become kind of far out, and I know that I'm going to lose people when I say this. But another response is today, like just before I came on here, uh, the guy said, can you, can you... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at a comment that came on in the room there. Someone said, so as I... Uh, never mind. Anyway, another example, again, used just, just an hour ago, is the person said, can you send a CV in? Because in this case, I, actually something caught my eye and as a kind of unique scenario, I thought I'm going to just phone the guy and the guy said, could you send that? He said, okay, that sounds interesting. Could you send a CV in? And the answer is... No, you know, <laughs> and he's like, well, why not? And I say, because I don't need a CV. And he's like, what do you mean you don't need a CV? And I say, well, you know, I don't want to sound cocky, but blah, 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 blah. I don't need a CV. And folks listening to this are going to be thinking one of two things. You're going to be thinking, Dave... DC is the most arrogant, cocky person I have ever met in the history of my life. What a plonker. Or you're going to be thinking, there's no way he says these things. Folks, I want to tell you right now, I'm neither cocky and I do say these things every day. In fact, it's, it's worse than that. You'll soon see this stuff in the Insider Club and it's absolutely mind-blowing. You see, folks, I have no CV, I have no portfolio, I have no client testimonies or anything, no references. Actually, I do have some client testimonies on one of my websites, you know, but I have no references, I have no history of work. You don't know where I've worked, no one does, you know. But here's the point, I don't even have a shirt and tie and I can go into these interviews and nail them and it's got to the stage where even if the interview is in London, which is several hundred miles away, and, you know, it costs a lot of money to go to London, I can basically just go on the train and go to London and I can spend maybe three, four hundred pounds doing that because I know that I'll get a job at the end if I turn up. Do you think I'm being cocky? Do you think I'm being arrogant? Folks, I'm not being arrogant. This is just a, a system. Now, what I'm not telling you, but if you are a very keen listener, you'll, you'll probably have noticed this, right? Listen to any of the previous shows and you will notice this, right? Um, <clears throat> whenever you hear me bragging and whenever I hear you bragging, I want to see a magical ingredient. You see, you can't come on and say, I'm the guy who does this, or I'm the best, and I'm the awesomest. But you cannot say these things. I don't care who you are, 
unless you add the magic ingredient. What's the magic ingredient? Selective self-deprecation. And I've spoken about this a little bit before, but let me give you the vibe, okay? Folks, whenever you are going to say anything that is, that's, that's in any way bragging, in any way showing off, in any way, you know, putting yourself in this pedestal, you must use selective self-deprecation. Now, the way it works is, is you think of some things, or even one thing, I like lots of things, that is negative about you, something demeaning, very damaging, and so on. Okay, that's what self-deprecation is. It's putting yourself down. And the idea is, is you stack up on the self-deprecational stuff, okay? So, for example, the phone call I had before I came on this show, and by the way, I'm not going to go for that job because I can't be bothered, you know. I, I'm not being cocky. I, I could have it if I wanted. I could be in there on Monday. I could have the contract and all, but I, I can't be bothered, right? Um the process of selective self-deprecation works like this. I just said that I'd said to the guy, you know, I don't need a CV. But you see, what I didn't tell you is that just before telling him that I don't need a CV, I had spent a good half minute talking about how much of a failure my life was. So here would be the exact response, right? This would be selective self-deprecation. I'd be saying... And this is the kind of thing that I literally say hundreds of times through the year. This is, you know, I am a professional interviewer, right? So what you would do is you would say, um, let me have a think. Um, supposing someone says, do you know PHP? Okay, so supposing you're in an interview and someone says, are you any good at PHP? Now, lots of the listeners can identify with this. You can appreciate the vibe because you're good at PHP, right? Well, you don't just say, I'm good at PHP. And you don't just say, I'm really good at PHP. What you say is, you say, well, Charlie, I have to be entirely honest with you. I'm not very good at lots of things in life. I'm not any good at laughing, dancing, singing and joking. I can't cook. In fact, sometimes... I fall out of bed and I even forget to comb my hair. I'm generally pretty much a failure at everything. However, thankfully, there is one thing that by the sheerest of flukes, I've ended up being good at. And that thing is PHP. Now, I can talk all day long. And by the way, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't need to be PHP. The skill could be anything, okay? I mean, fitting, you know, nuclear warheads to the end of missiles. Charlie, Charlie, I'm not very good at sports. I was never popular at school. I was never, you know, any sort of decent person at anything. I failed everything at school. But you know what? I don't know why. But for some reason... I was given this talent, I don't know if it was God or the universe or what, but for some reason, I've just had this natural ability to fit nuclear warheads to the end of missiles, you know? 
<laughs> now I can say that and people will say, man, he must be really good at fitting nuclear warheads, you know. It's selective self-deprecation. Now to anyone who listens to me talking and you can hear me saying things like, I could get the job and yeah, I've done hundreds and I've done this and that. For anyone who thinks that I'm being cocky here, for any person who thinks I'm being cocky, I have the challenge, okay? Listen to any previous show you can find because this is a habit for me, okay? And whenever you find me uh, apparently bragging about something, say for example, saying, yeah, I'm quite fast at code igniter or whatever, you know, um, unless I'm really in a stupid state, you'll always find me selective self-deprecating before the good stuff comes out, you see? Now, selective self-deprecation is very powerful and it's as powerful as the good stuff because you can't say to someone, hey man, I solve problems, I'm the best guy in the universe, blah, blah. If someone comes up and just says that, they are a dick, okay? Forgive me for being so crude, you know? But if you come on and you say, listen, I'm going to be entirely honest with you here. I've had all sorts of problems. In fact, I once had a business and we ran into debt and everything fell apart. I tried design. Man, I was rubbish at that. And then I tried a few other things and gee, I couldn't do that either. But then one day, by some miracle, I discovered that I was really good at solving problems. And the way it happened is, is there was this guy, right? And this guy had a site and he had a problem. Then he called me and blah, blah, blah. And I solved the problem. Now, folks, I have just qualified myself with the power of selective self-deprecation. I hope you can handle the vibe, you know? So um, what I'm saying here is uh, there is actually a system that you can use to very, very easily and effortlessly uh, get, you know, nail interviews for IT jobs. I, I, I you know, really and truly, I, I think, I think I've probably had, I, I don't know anyone else who does who this for a living. I'm not aware of anyone else who has this strategy. It is a strategy that I invented and I refined. You know, I never woke up and said, I'm going to become this kind of interview prostitute guy who goes to tons of job interviews, you know. But this is what happened. And over the years, after you've done tons and tons and tons, eventually it gets to the stage where it's just, it's so easy. In fact, um, my, my favourite interviews are the type when you go in and there's a group of people interviewing you. So there's a group and it's just you. Now, most people find that kind of scary and it's like gee you know it's this table and there's only you but to me it's like oh man I, I really enjoy that because it's a challenge and it it's kind of exciting because you're figuring out who does what and you focus on one person and isolate everyone else and then you focus on the other person there are so many tricks and techniques that I can show you guys and uh, I think I may talk about this tomorrow, actually, because I have so much information. And the key thing I want to stress, folks, is that this has nothing to do with personality. It has nothing to do with accent or believe it or not. It hasn't even got anything to do with skill. Uh, 
These are systems that anyone can use. Anyone means anyone and excludes nobody. Um, to give you a couple of ideas, and I, you know, I've mentioned this before to uh, one or two people. I mentioned it to Yavor recently. When you're in an interview situation, and I've been in hundreds of them, you know, I, uh, really tons of them. Uh, one of the things that you'll notice, uh, at least when you start using the system, is that you never talk about technology. So you will never, ever, ever find me talking about PHP or something if I'm in an interview situation for a web development job. You never talk about that. Now, that in itself makes you unique. It's like you just don't discuss it. And you're probably thinking, well, what do you discuss if you're not allowed to talk about PHP? I mean, let's, let's rack this up. You have no CV, no portfolio, no shirt and tie, no references, and you're not willing to talk about PHP? How in the name of Sam's Hill can anyone go into an interview and expect to get it if that's the conditions? Folks, it's easy. It's really easy. You see, anyone who's been around lots of business owners, let's take, for example, uh, I know Paul, who's in the room just now. He has his own business and he has lots of clients and so on, okay? Now, question for Paul. Paul, when you're dealing with business owners and directors, you know, the movers and shakers, the big decision makers, what's the one thing that they always really like to discuss? Exactly, okay. Well, Paul's just said, can you elaborate in what context? Yavor has just nailed it, business. Yes, Yavor, you get 10 bonus points. The one thing that business owners love talking about is business, and specifically their own business. They love talking about their own businesses. Now, this is such a major thing that it's actually a problem for them. You see, if you own a big insurance company or something, or some large company, then of course you're going to want to talk about that. You're going to want to talk constantly about, hey, here's what we're doing, and we've got a new office, and look, we got a new plasma screen installed, and blah, 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 you know? Business owners love talking about that stuff. But the problem is, nobody wants to hear it. Their friends don't want to hear it. Their wives don't want to hear it. Their jealous relatives are sick hearing about it. And nobody wants to hear about that stuff. So here's the vibe, folks. When you go into a job interview, right, and you walk into the, the place, and let's imagine, for example, let's imagine you see a big plasma TV on the screen with a readout with some charts and stuff from the web, right? Instead of walking in and just walking past this, or maybe you see an area with people with headsets on and it's a call center. Well, instead of just walking past, you should be saying, wow, this is amazing. How, in, how long have you had this plasma screen on the wall? 
And the guy's like, well, we've had it up for six months. That's incredible. And what does this graph represent? Is that the amount of leads you're getting? And the guy says, yeah, that's the amount of leads that have came in from the website this afternoon. And you say, wow, that is fantastic. And I see you've got a call center here as well. That's really cool. How on earth did you manage to do this? I mean, did, did you start this up yourself? He says, yeah, I've been doing this for 10 years. You say, that's incredible. How did you actually start up? So this is the kind of conversation. And the great punchline, folks, I'm keeping it till the end, is that I actually, not only do I never talk about PHP or anything, but I never actually talk about myself. I can honestly and sincerely tell you that I cannot remember even being asked, have you got an example website that we can look at? Nobody even asks me that question, you know? Now, there's reasons for that, which I'll talk about in another show. But the idea is, is that the interview is not a conversation about you, and it's not a conversation where you're trying to qualify yourself. It's a conversation about them. It's, it's their moment. It's their moment of attention. It's their moment to shine. And you are the guy who's going to help them to make their dreams come true. That's the entire mindset of the interview. And that's why I, you know, I would say about 80% of the ones I turn up to, I get. And the other two that I don't get, it's either because the person insists on having someone there so that they can be a kind of slave driver, in which case I don't want to be there, or it's because there's, you know, I just don't feel that there's a match. But these techniques work. I hope you'll join me tomorrow and I'll tell you some more stuff. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about what to wear and how to dress for success and stuff like that when you go into a sales or an interview situation. It's going to be full of surprises and I hope you'll enjoy that one. Thank you very much indeed. Been a pleasure and a privilege. Thanks for the feedback, guys, especially Paul and Yavo. And thanks to Harris for being around as well. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye.